Good morning. We're glad that you're with us this morning. If you're a guest, we're so glad that you've chosen this church out of all the churches, the good churches in Pictou County to attend this morning. We're just glad that you're here. We hope you've enjoyed the worship experience. Didn't the team do a great job? Every song centered on Jesus. Amen. And that's what it's all about. And if you're a first-time guest with us, we would love to have the opportunity to meet with you, give you a little guest, a gift. So uh, drop into the uh, connector desk in the bottom foyer. My uh, wife uh, will be there at the connector desk. She'll give you a little gift and answer any questions you may have. Now, if you're a regular attender or if you just started attending, uh, we do have a green sheet that we'd like for you to fill out and drop. It should be some in the back of your pew. If not, there's some at the connector desk to fill out and some areas that you might be interested in serving and we would glad we would be glad if you would do that and drop them in at the desk or uh, give them to myself or one of the greeters this morning well this has been a great morning so far and you can see that pastor bruce enjoys the speaking my speaking so much he went downstairs <laughs> now he's with the children this morning um, let us pray before we begin. Father, thank you again for this wonderful day that you've given us that we can come together to worship you. And now, Lord, as we take this part of our worship experience to center on your word, your word is so important in our lives. Lord, as brother just talked about sustaining, that sustaining pedal, it's your word, your power, the Holy Spirit that sustains us through times of difficulty. It gives us strength there, Lord God. It gives us uh, uh, Lord, just just to stay focused when things are not going the way that they should. And this morning, Lord, we're asking that somehow you would help us as human beings to focus on what you want to say to us this morning through your word. I pray that you will just help my mind and my speech be clear, that your people would hear what you want to say. And Lord, they would just accept this morning as a word from you, dear Lord God. We ask these things in your name. And everyone said, Amen. How many here this morning, maybe someone can fix that while I'm, how many this, uh, here this morning uh, would say that they enjoy, enjoy sports? Anybody enjoy sports? Okay, there's a few of you, either as a spectator or as a participator. Some of you may be very good at almost any sport you may try. Some of you are just plain sport jocks, and for, the, for people like me, you make me sick because you're good at all sports. Now, can anyone relate to a time when, as kids, we would get together either on an abandoned field, a schoolyard, or a backyard, and choose teams? Two people would choose teams for a softball game or a uh, soccer game. Can anybody, like, am I the only one? Okay, some of us. Oh, a bunch of us. Okay, let me do some confessing here this morning. And maybe some can relate, but don't say anything about it, okay? I wasn't always, I know you're going to not believe this, but I wasn't always the first one chosen to be on a sports team when I was a kid. In fact, there were many times when I would be the last one chosen. How many know that usually if you're the last one, you're not really chosen. You just get to go because the other team got the last pick and they got to take you. You're all is left. I mean, I kind of understand that. Yeah, I, I, I experienced that many times, very tra- traumatized as a child. I, I know that some of you can relate to this, because just like me, you're not really a sports job. Now we're going to switch from there to imagine that you've, and some of you have already done this this morning, you've turned on your computer or your cell phone, which exactly is a computer, and immediately you see that there's been some activity in your inbox. In other words, you need to check your mail. 
And in the subject line, as always, when you open up an email, there's, there's words. And this one is, you are chosen. The book of Ephesians, and this is our second installment in that, we started some time ago, uh, is about the value and blessings that the Creator has given to all of His people. And we are faced with that truth before us this morning, the songs that we sung about Jesus and how He cares for us. The title of the message this morning, or this part two, and I want you to remember these words. God chose you. I want you to find at least two people where you're sitting and tell them, God chose you. Would you do that right now? God chose you. Tell them that. Say it with conviction. Okay, some of you, I'm not sure if you mean it. Verna, will you tell Eric that God chose him? Verna, tell Eric. Tell Eric, because he needs to know. You did? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. God chose you. And the reason I need you, and I say you need to remember this, is because if, if you've ever felt rejected or not of value, these words changes everything. So, so the big idea in your inbox today is God chooses you. And I want us to embrace this truth this morning, <clears throat> that God chooses you. And it isn't because there are no other options. You're, well, you're the last one anyway, so he's got to take you on his team. He chose you and he wants you. Not that he choo- only chooses you. He wants you. Someone said in this, our text in Ephesians, and we're going to read it in just a minute, it shatters and dispels all that rejection and bondage by letting you know that God chose you. You this morning, I don't care how you were born, you are not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not an error. God wants you. God chose you. So this morning, if you do not feel loved or valued in any way, let this this word destroy the notions and the lies of the enemy once and for all. No matter what you're going through, never let the circumstances cloud in that message that's radiating from heaven this morning. God chose you, every single one of you this morning. Now, the text is in Ephesians chapter 1. And some of you are saying, if you are preaching a series on on Ephesians, you get to preach once a month or so, whatever, we will be here till we get our senior citizens' pension. Some of you are already doing that, so don't worry about it. But yeah, it could take a while. But Ephesians chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 4. Last time we spoke, we talked about source-focused and focused on Jesus Christ. This morning, we're talking about God chose you. So let's, let's read it together. I'm going to try. It'll be on the screen. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. See, you weren't the last one. He wanted to do this. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Let's see. Okay. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, 
we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, and that's who the scriptures were written to first, and who got it first, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. The text this morning is just one verse, or part of one verse, even though that we've read all those verses really in the original language that this was written in the Greek, it was one complete sentence. But for the sake of time this morning, we're just going to do the verse that's on the screen this morning. What I want you to do is read it out loud with me. But where you see us, and there's twice, put in, say me, okay? Read it out loud with me starting now. Even before he made the world, God loved me and chose me in Christ to be holy and without fault. In his eyes, praise the name of the Lord. Okay, the first point, the one who chose you. God loved us and chose us. John Gill in his uh, expository uh, word on this said, the author of this choice is God. God the Father who is distinguished from Christ in whom the act is made and is according to his foreknowledge and his act of his grace and is entirely sovereign. The object of it, Objects of it, us, are not angels, but men. And that Greek word for chosen means to call out. Now, I know in Christian circles and in religious circles, Christian religion circles, some would like to argue that that means we have no choice. God chose us for salvation and others he doesn't. I I personally cannot see that in the Bible anywhere. And as one uh, writer wrote, he says, the mystery of divine sovereignty and human responsibility will never be solved in this life. In other words, there's no good argue about it. It can't be solved. Both are taught in the Bible. Both are true and both are essential. End of quote. We, we know from God's word and experience that we have been called out of the kingdom of darkness and called into the kingdom of God's son. Not only were we chosen, we were chosen by God himself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Someone, and I haven't had this happen to me because I've known some politicians, but I am not any that close to the prime minister. But someone might brag to you, you know, I was chosen by the prime minister to be an ambassador in, let's say, France. I was chosen by the prime minister to be an ambassador in France. Now, you might say this and not say in an arrogant way. Congratulations. That's all. I've been chosen by the creator of heaven and earth to be an ambassador on this earth. <laughs> beat that. <laughs> Nobody can beat that. We have been chosen by God to be ambassadors. I would imagine that anyone that has ever been chosen for some important task by the prime minister, it was because they in some way knew him before or they had influenced him in some way. You and I never did or could do anything that could influence God to choose you or me. And God didn't choose us to be a duplicate of some other, some other individual. So we need, and some of you maybe need to hear this this morning, you need to stop wishing you were like so-and-so. And maybe that's a word for me because I always wish I could sing. But this week I realized if I could sing, I would be so arrogant, people would not be able to talk to me because I'd be so good at singing and then I would preach. I'd do it all. <laughs> 
And that wouldn't be good. See, God isn't looking for a duplicate, a duplicate except for duplicates of his son. And someone said, God needs you to be you. He made you, every one of you, in a precise way and for a precise purpose, and only you as you will do. When you see yourself from this vantage point, you begin to you believe that your life does have value. No matter who you are, no matter where you figure you are uh, in the food chain, no matter where you are, you figure you are in society, your life does have value. Now, I was reading a little statement other, a couple of weeks ago, and I just copied it down. Didn't realize I would use it here. But I, I understand now this a little bit more fully, and I think I put it on the screen. Yes, your life is too valuable. Just think about your life. Your life is too, be, too valuable to be wasted on petty things like criticism, gossip, and pulling down other people. Let's not get involved in that kind of stuff. It's, it's easy, though. Sometimes it's almost fun. But your life is too valuable to, to be involved in those kind of things. Now, there's another area. Not only that God choose you or chose you, you were chosen at a certain time on God's calendar, and his timing exceeds anyone else's calendar ever born on this earth, regardless of their experience. The date he chose you. It says, even before, this is mind-boggling, even before he made the world. Now, for me, that was, okay, that must have been November 28th, because that's when I was born, 1954. Sorry, you, you won't find it on a human calendar. Regardless of which scientists uh, you would believe about the creation of the earth or the age of the earth, before the creation of the world was a long time ago. Someone said the mystery of salvation originated in the timeless mind of God before we even existed. Now, in the text, we are not told how long before the creation of the world. So, saints this morning... You were on God's heart a long, 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 and I can say that a million times, time ago. A long time ago. And, and God operates in a different time zone than we do. We think, think 24 hours and they go so quickly in seven days a week. But, but you know, you see stuff in the Bible like the fullness of time. He looks t- time differently than, than we do. Or in the beginning. And we, we, we don't understand all, how all that works. But I know God sees things. It's, it's not like a million years from now I'm going to do this. God looks at time so much different than we are, do. I, I personally find it very moving when someone says something like this to me. You've been on my mind this week, and I've been praying for you, even though I don't know what's going on in your life. Some of you have had that happen to you before, and you've thought about people and prayed for them, even though you didn't know what was going on. And that's wonderful when God uses someone that way. But the thought, before I was in my mother's womb, and I was born to an 18-year-old teenager, young adult, 63 years ago, But before that ever happened in the northern part of Newfoundland in a little fishing village, I was on God's mind. None of the angels came up to him and said, excuse me, there's an 18-year-old down there just having a beautiful baby boy. I was beautiful one time, okay? You need to pay attention. God already knew. He already knew the place, the woman that would give me birth, and how I was going to be raised. As a matter of fact, he knew that he was going to have to do some work on my father's heart and bring him into salvation too, so I would be raised in a Christian home. Thank God for that. Thank God for that heritage. But God saw us. See, we're, as someone said, we're not a last-minute change of mind or reaction to a problem. 
or the last one standing in the field, so somebody better take them. But we're an integral part of God's initial design. There's one more area I, I want to look at before we... And I'm only just doing these words this morning. And that is the purpose... And, and, there we go. The purpose he chose you. This is the big one. To be holy and without fault in his eyes. Wow. <laughs> that can be disheartening when you look at your own life, when you look in the mirror. If a person gets chosen first for a team or a project, in most cases because they're, they're good at what is needed, or they are in the chooser's good books anyway. Do you think that God chose you and me because we were such good people and <laughs> not? The, the Bible says that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He, he chose us for a purpose, not simply just for some assignment, as someone said, in a kingdom, but we were chosen for him. In the last book of the Old Testament, it says that when God comes, he's coming for his treasure. We are God's treasure. Now, you might have been called the treasure sometimes in your life, and some people might have said with maybe not in the nicest kind of way. But we are God's treasure. And the result of being his is, is in the last part of the verse. Immediately some of you think, there's no way I can be that. How can I be holy and without fault in his, in his eyes? I could never be on his team. Are you calling God a liar? Are you saying, God, you're so out of touch, you don't know what, what you're talking about? Excuse me, before he created the world, he knew you and he knew me. And that word holy literally means to be separate. He called you to be separate and without fault in his eyes. Now, I read some interesting stuff from a guy named Dr. Bruce Wilkinson, and he gives three stages of holiness, which might be good for our learning this morning. The first stage is in God's mind when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And that, at that moment, you became holy or separated in God's mind because of Jesus. The, there's a verse that goes with that, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. It says, I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called to God, by God to be his own holy people. He made you to be holy by means of Jesus Christ, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So that's the, the first stage. Then there's another stage, and this is in the believer's mind. You present yourself to God. Romans 12.1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to Christ because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the true way to worship him. And then there's a third stage in the believer's life. And this is the lifelong process of working out or working out part of cleansing yourself from sin and doing what is right in God's eyes. And see, this, this part here, this third part, only happens when we have a healthy fear of God. And you might say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. I, I'm not even afraid of God. Am I supposed to be? Well, what does that mean? Well, I, I found a good definition. I didn't put it on the screen, but I really like it. It says, to fear God doesn't mean cowering in terror before him. Rather, the fear of God is properly defined as a wholesome dread of displeasing him. If I have sinned, it is not the fear of what God will do to me. 
Rather, it's the fear of what I have done to him. Boy, that sure changes everything in my heart. I, I want to live in such a way that I'm pleasing to my Lord. Not because he's going to come along with a giant fist and, or the, 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 and crush me to the earth. Because I don't want to hurt him. I want, I want, he's done so much for me. Some of those songs, man, I, you, you think you saw my notes this morning, all the songs you picked. Maybe some, we're working with the same Holy Spirit. But he knows who we are, and he wants, we, we know who he is, and how much he loves us, how much he cared for us. Second Timothy, I want to read this one. It says, The Lord knows those who are his, and all, belong to, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Notice it doesn't even say stand up against it when it comes to youthful lust or lust, period. Run from it, it says. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithful love, and peace. This is talking about this lifelong process of holiness. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And let me say a word. This is not in my notes, so if you can either blame it on the Lord, if, uh, if it touches your heart and makes you say, I need a change, or if you get angry, then if you want to blame it on me, feel free. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. If you are always, 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 Spending your time with those who do not have any desire or love for God and all their life is made up of partying and alcohol and drugs and you wonder why you don't feel the joy of the Lord? Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. I'm not saying don't ever have any unsaved friends. How are you going to reach them if you don't know them and spend some time with them? But if that's all you immerse yourself in, then sure it's easy to lose the joy of the Lord and you get the stuff rubbed on you all the time. Now, I was going to talk to you about the special utensil for yonable use. In the Old Testament, tabernacle and temple, under the law in the Old Testament, there were forks and spoons and other utensils that, before they were dedicated to the place of worship, they were just ordinary forks and knives. Once they were dedicated to the temple, they could no longer be used for just anyone or by anyone. They were the exclusive use of God. So this morning... For those who've been made holy, this morning sitting right here, we have Holy Moody, Holy Eric, Holy Jordan, Holy Joanna, Holy Brandon, and I could go all in. And if I don't name all of you, forgive me, because my, my mind, Holy Santosh. This is what you, you say, well, that's saints. Well, you are a saint, according to what the Bible says. You're holy. You're, you know, this morning, whether you like me or not, you're looking at Holy Kevin. Now, my wife is back there. She can tell you right now that I am not holy as some of you think. But in the sight of the Lord, I am holy because I've been separated for his use, just like a knife and a fork in the Old Testament. I am for the use of the Lord, and so are you because you're chosen by God. So if some unbeliever, and this was a term that used to be used years ago. I don't know if it's used now. Yeah, you're just a holy Joel. How many ever anybody say that? Holy yeah, And they say it in some scornful way. Just thank them and say, well, I'm, I, I am set apart exclusively for the use of the Creator. I'm glad you recognize that in my life. Now, that word in, in, in some versions uh, where it says without fault, 
or blameless. It means without flaw or blemish. This is a reference back to the Old Testament sacrificial system because a lamb without any defects was, if it had defects, it was disqualified as an acceptable offering to God. And again, you might say, well, then where does that leave me? Every believer this morning knows that by experience, this is not always true in your life and my life. We are, we are never in our own sight anyway without defects. For this to happen, and this process that we just mentioned, the third one, it is a daily discipline of being obedient to God's care and management. One writer said, being holy takes both a mental commitment to pleasing God and a physical discipline to shun those things that offend Jesus Christ. If you've been, uh, if you've been a Christian and uh, you've served the Lord and you've been chasing after God and you're here this morning and you're kind of off the track and you're wondering why you're so miserable because you've tasted of what life is all about and you're going the other way and you will never be any good for this world. You need Jesus in your life. You need to serve him. We need to be more concerned anyway, anyway with what Jesus thinks than anyone else. We need to be more concerned about what Jesus thinks than anyone else. Notice the last two words of our text says, we are to be without fault in his eyes. That means to continually be presenting ourselves to Christ, to be constantly aware of his presence in our life. Now, now we know that Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will help us with that because he said that he would not abandon us in our need. And I, I, I know some of you agree with, uh, would say this too. I need his help continuously to live the life that he's caused me, called me to. Before I go on, this, this is not in the sermon. I, I had thought about it and I did write down a scripture somewhere in, in here, somewhere I'll probably find in a minute, but there's some, I mean, maybe I'm going to just do a little sidebar here of teaching because I was raised in a good Christian home. But I was raised in a, in a church culture, and I love, I was raised, but I was raised in a church culture that, that uh, when you became a Christian, nothing, you never did anything wrong. If you did anything wrong, then you weren't Christian anymore. And over the years, I've learned something very precious to me about salvation, about the Word of God. And I want to use three people to illustrate that, if that's okay. You mind if I do a little sidebar here? I know it's I know it's 25 to 12, but Brenda will have coffee ready for you after. I promise. And there'll even be some cupcakes. I shouldn't have said that one. Okay. So could uh, Joanna come right up here? Uh, Santosh. Where's Santosh? Santosh. And you might wonder. I'll tell you why I'm using those people. Graham, you come too. Sa- Joanna first. Santosh there in the middle. And Graham there. I'm, I t- I'll tell you why I'm using these three. Because I'm over 60 and my memory fades me sometimes. And their names begin exactly with what I want to talk about, right? what I want to teach you right now. Salvation. When I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was saved. Okay? I am saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Justification. That's the big word they teach you in Bible college. If you don't know that word, it doesn't mean you're not saved. If you accept Jesus Christ, you're saved. That's justification. Joanna represents justification. Jordan is, never mind, I won't say it. Uh, Here's Santos. S. I am saved. I am being saved. Sanctification means there's a process in me being saved. I talked about that in holiness just a minute minute ago. That's a lifelong process. Sanctification. I am being saved. That means there's going to be some times I'm going to make mistakes. I will make mistakes. 
But if I love the Lord Jesus Christ, I care about, uh, you know, I want to please him, then that doesn't take away from what back there. I'm still justified. But I'm still growing. I'm still learning. So I am saved. I am being saved. And this great, wonderful man here, the name begins with G, means glorification, Graham. It does not yet appear what I will be, but I know that when E appears, I'm going to be like him. Back here, I'm, I'm not like Jesus yet in my, in my view. And some days I really don't feel like Jesus because I, I, mean, I make some mistakes. But when Jesus comes back, I'm going to be just like him because the Bible tells me I'm getting a brand new body. And you know what? The older I get, the more I want that new body. And not so much because I'm shiny on top, just the aches and the pains sometimes. Justification. You hear, you hear these words again, say, ah, I love the theology again. Justification, sanctification, glorification. Easy to understand. I am saved. I am being saved. I will be saved. Don't contradict each other. It's totally biblical. It's like the growth process of, of holiness. I am holy, but I am also becoming holy one day. I'm going to be just like him. Well, thanks, guys. Give them a hand, will you? This is great. I don't know what I've done here. Oh, there's my... Okay, fine. Would you read the text with me one more time? Even before he made the world, the, the Lord, God loved me and chose me in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. I, I don't read, need a show of hands this morning to realize that there isn't any way we can live this verse <clears throat> in our personal strength and our personal abilities. What this is meant to do this morning is to show that we are completely dependent on God, upon the Holy Spirit, precious Holy Spirit in our lives. Oh, it's so good when you experience His presence. It results in powerful living and changing if we will let Him be in charge. Someone said, and I, and I had to put this one, I found, uh, I found uh, C.S. Lewis sometimes said some quotes that kind of, here we go. If conversion, this is for you who figure that, you know, it doesn't matter where I live. If conversion to Christianity makes no difference in a man's outward or a woman's outward actions, if they continue to be just as, as snobbish or spiteful or envious as they were before, then I think we must suspect that their conversion was largely imaginary. C.S. Lewis. If you're mad, you get mad at him. He said it. I'm just quoting it. See, we, we can only do this change by aligning ourselves daily with our Lord. And I, don't re I realize that every morning I get up, I don't, I, I don't immediately align myself with the Lord. I have, this is a mental thing. I have to remind myself, I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I see things differently than other people. Yes, the world is in a mess. It's a broken world. We've heard about a situation this morning that, that, that breaks a lot of people's hearts. But God is still in charge, and you have still been chosen by God. And because of Jesus, we are now separated by God for our God, in other words, we're holy people. And that we don't say that in a snobbish, look down our eyes, at our nose at people, or condescending. Because when you really know God, you don't feel like that at all because you realize you need his help consistently, continually. It doesn't matter if you're raised in a Christian home or not like I was, or raised in a home where God was never ever spoken except in a swear word. You are just as holy as the person was raised in a Christian home. God chose you. 
Not your mom and dad, not society, not the church. God chose you. And I thank him for that. I hope you feel that way too. You've been chosen by God. And all this is because of his great love for us. I want you to meditate on that this week, that you've been chosen by God. What, what I want to do is just read one verse before we pray that I found, and I just, last night I just found it, and I just copied it down, and I just I want to read it for you because I don't have it on the screen. Um, I'm sure I don't, didn't put it on there. <clears throat> but this, remember I just said justification, sanctification, glorification. There's, I found there's one verse in the Bible that contains all of it. I'm sure there's more than one. But in Philippians 1, 6, in the New Living Translation, it says, And I am certain that God, who began, could underline that word, began, that's, that's salvation at the beginning, justification, the good work within you will continue, that was Santosh there, sanctification, is work until it is, remember Graham, glorification, finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know, God has chosen a lot of people and he loves every single one of us. And there's some of you here this morning, you've been chosen by God. And you're yet to accept what he's done. I would encourage you to do that today. You're not signing the membership card. You're not saying, well, I'll we'll go to Christian Fellowship Church the rest of my life. But you are saying, I choose this morning. This one who has chosen me before this world was ever created. I want to be part of his team. I want to be part of his family. And uh, I, I would like for the, the team to come up. Uh, and I want us to pray a prayer together. Usually I try to put the prayers uh, that I want us to pray together on the screen. But I'm, what I'm going to do is say one sentence. I'll read the full thing, and then I want to put, say one sentence at a time, and you say it back to me. Will you stand with me? And as they're getting ready behind me, would, would, would you just bow your heads just for a second? If you're here this morning, you're saying, you know, I, I've been running away from God. I've kind of got off track, or maybe you're not even following God at all. You're not yet a follower of Christ. And, you, and you, you're, you're saying, you know, I, I'm interested. And, and this morning, you've kind of, the Holy Spirit, is, uh, even though you might not understand it that way, has wakened something within me that I, I like this part that I'm chosen by God. And that had something has awakened something inside of me, and and I I really like for you to pray for me. I I I just really want to know more about this. I I, I just I'm on I'm on a crossroads, and I just need to make a decision. Would you pray for me? If you're you're here like that, you're not you're not yet a believer, or you've kind of got off track, and you just need prayer this morning. No one's looking around. Just just stick up, stick up your hand. We're going to pray for you in just a second. I'm going to pray for you. I won't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you. Anyone? That you're saying, you know what, I just, I just need prayer this morning. Maybe as believers we're saying, you know, I sometimes really look down on myself and the way, some, maybe the way you were raised or some of the things you went through and you just ruminated over and over in your mind and you get yourself depressed over it. And, and there's just the thought that God chose you. And this morning you just need prayer for some of the things that's going on right now in your own life. That you, you just need to, to, to wait and upon God and, and rely upon God. And you just need prayer. Before I pray, is there anyone this morning? You just need, you need God to touch your heart and minister unto you in a special way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray this prayer before I, I, I pray a general prayer. I, I want you to pray with me. I'm going to pray it right through first, and then we'll go through one sentence at a time, and then the team will, will lead us in a minute. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for choosing me. I am so grateful for the sacrifice of Jesus for my sin. Holy Spirit, empower me daily to live a holy life. Use me to make a difference in the lives of others. Jesus, my desire is to be faithful to you for the rest of my life. I'll say uh, some, of the, some of the prayer and you say it. Just say it out loud if, you, if you, you, know, you want to pray it yourself. Just say it out loud with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for choosing me. I am so grateful for the sacrifice of Jesus for my sin. Holy Spirit, empower me daily to live a holy life. Use me to make a difference in the lives of others. Jesus, my desire is to be faithful to you for the rest of my life. Father, you heard every word this morning that people said. You just heard every single word. Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that somehow, Lord, as we on earth, as agreed with you, what you see us, You've chosen us that, Lord God, there would just something would happen in the spiritual realm that would seal this moment in the lives of people, that somehow they would embrace that truth this morning of your word, not my word, of your word, that God chose them. And they are important in the economy of God for this earth. They are here to make a difference. And they will, even though right now they might be struggling, and maybe they've even got off the path a little, and Lord, they're kind of wandering a little, and they're kind of, and maybe in their own spirit, they're feeling like they're rebellious and not doing what you want them to do. You love them and you want them to come back to the place they should be and to live that separate life and to live a life for you and touch other people. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Praise God. I trust that you received something from the word this morning, and I just pray that God will just minister on to you. If, if there's some of you, as the team is leading, I'm going to sit here in front, and then Pastor Joanna is there. If you want, come up to the front. If you need prayer, feel free to come. After we finish, there is, you know, there, the, the cafe, the Connector Cafe is open. We move things around a bit because of some work being done in the Connector Library. Uh, get your tea and your coffee and fellowship a little bit. Feel free to do that. But if you need prayer this morning, just just to maybe just some of these areas we talked about or just because you're struggling this morning feel free to come forward and we will pray with you god bless you diana you lead